Cinnabuds receive support from Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, I Care and I Wear. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies, buddies talking about cinema. Welcome to this week's Cinnabuds. From Radio Milwaukee, I'm Dory Zori. And I'm Mickey Seinfeld from the Harry and Rose Sampson Family Jewish Community Center. And I'm Julie Lukacs, also from the Harry and Rose Sampson Family Jewish Community Center. And this is Cinnabuds. Well, you probably noticed Christopher Pollard is in here from Milwaukee Film this week, and we have some special guests here to talk about the upcoming film festival, the 26th annual Milwaukee Jewish Film Festival. So we brought in the experts today. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. So let's just talk for a second, 26 years of this film festival. Can we talk a little bit about the history and why it's important 26 years later that this still continues? Well, it started with a, a showing a few small uh, movies in our little theater at the Jewish Community Center. And then it evolved to an actual film festival where we are going out to um, our wonderful partners at the Marcus North Shore Cinema. And we have been there 26 years. Wow, that's really impressive. And you were talking about once the film festival is done, you already start working on next year's. That's right. We have uh, two co-chairs and a great committee, and it's their job to, uh, we find movies, we uh, preview them, and then we talk about them, and then we either put, say, yes, or maybe on the back burner, or say, well, we'll take a pass. A lot of love and thought goes into this. What makes the Milwaukee Jewish Film Festival unique? It's unique because our niche is Jewish movies. Movies that have a Jewish theme that has something to do, they come from around the world. They're not just you know, US made films. These are from uh, anywhere. And we, uh, this year is Israel, Italy, Germany, um, the, the US and, um, and France. How hard is it to nail down the amount of films? Because you only have so much time to show films. Is it is it hard to pick which ones are going to make the final cut? Or do you have a good team that really has just made this a second habit by now? Jewish film festivals are the fastest growing program of Jewish community uh, centers around the country. And there is a network that the uh, Jewish community presenters do. And so they um, they post their film festivals and uh, we research what other people are doing. We are also on the mailing list for a whole bunch of different distributors who have um, that uh, distribute Jewish film movies. And then we look at them and we, we, we might look at 30, 40, maybe more until we find the right ones. Is there anything that sets Milwaukee's Jewish Film Festival apart from others around the country? I don't think so. I think that our niche is Jewish films. Mm-hmm. Our niche is to, to present the story to educate and uh, also it's you know it's an easy cultural thing well we are going to talk more in the full podcast not only about the specific films being showed at this year's festival but get into a little bit more about how festivals like this really create a sense of community in the city we'll be right back hey wisconsin foodies this is Tariq moody of radio milwaukee Join Milwaukee Magazine's food writer, Ann Christensen, and myself every Friday morning at 8 a.m. for This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast. We talk about everything from new restaurants, pop-ups, cookbooks, events, and even an occasional interview with a local chef. Head over to RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites or listen anywhere you get your podcasts. 
We're talking about the 26th annual Milwaukee Jewish Film Festival. Um, what are the dates that this festival is running this year? So we will be in person in the theater uh, at Marcus North Shore Cinema, uh, October 15th to the 19th, 7 o'clock every night. Uh, and then all of the films, uh, actually four out of the five films, will also be available for streaming through October 29th uh, so people can watch them at home. That changed a little bit during COVID, right? Instead of being in person, you had to adapt to a streaming service. Um, how did you find people responded to that? It was very interesting. Um, 2020, we had a fully online festival um, just because it wasn't appropriate to be in the theater at that time. And we found that we reached a new audience. People that we had never seen at our in-person film festival were coming in to stream at home. So when we were able to go back to the theater, we kept that as a component of a hybrid festival so that people who either because of mobility or health or personal preference could still participate in the Milwaukee Jewish Film Festival, even if they weren't coming to the theater. One of the cool things about the film festival, unlike just going to see a movie, you don't walk out of the festival and or the movie and just go home, right? There's an aspect of community built around it. Can you talk a little bit more about what happens outside of actually just showing the films at your film festival? Well, when you have when you're in person at the theater, we have talkbacks. We have um, experts who will come in and talk about maybe um, the theme of the film, or maybe they can speak to some component of what was happening in the film. Um, and then there can be a talkback and a conversation about it. And I think that's a way for people to connect and ask questions and just really process it, you know, separately from just watching it. That's a really great value added to film lovers and people in the community. We were talking a little bit off air about how our organizations really are trying to bring community together and doing it through music or film. It's just really something I think everyone can relate to. Showing all these films, Mickey, from different countries, there's still very cohesive themes that we can all connect to, whether it's a film from Germany or the USA, I'm guessing. And it's just really great conversation points. That's right. Yeah, we, we, uh, we, we, look to do a variety. We, we could be an all-Israeli movie. We could be an all-Holocaust movie uh, festival. And we choose to get as, as diverse as we can. Well, let's dig into a couple of the films that you are highlighting this year. Can we start with the Gene Wilder film? Because when I saw that, my heart just grew a little bit. I grew up loving him. Thank you to my mom for introducing me to him. And so this film about Gene Wilder, I'm so curious. Is it a documentary? Yes, it, 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 this movie came to us late in the process, and, and we were thrilled when we got to preview it. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. I used to be Jerry Silberman. When I was eight years old, my mother had her first heart attack. Her heart specialist whispered in my ear, try to make her laugh. My blanket, my blue blanket, give me my blue blanket. The only thing that concerns me is the preservation of life. And I did make my mother laugh. He was a combination of innocence and danger. It is a documentary. It is narrated by uh, Gene Wilder. By the way, he is a Milwaukee native. He yes. went to Washington High School. His name was Jerry Silverman. And uh, he got into comedy, just as a little background for him, uh, when he was about eight years old when his mother had a heart attack. And the doctor... Uh, whispered in his ears, make your mother laugh. It's a good thing uh, for her to uh, heal and recover. 
and that began his his journey to being a, a comic and to making people laugh. And he was he's an actor comedian, so he was really wonderful. That gives me all the feels. Yeah. So you got another little, you got a chance to screen this film. Right. Um, are does he talk a lot about his Milwaukee connections in there? Or is it more later in his career? Because he kind of always kept a connection to the city, right? He has. He wrote a memoir, and he then uh, recorded it for a an ebook. So they doc, the people do, doing the documentary use him as the narrator. And so they weave his narration into clips of his movies uh, and clips of his uh, cohorts that uh, have you know, commentary on what he's doing. Mel Brooks, Alan Alda, Karen Kane, his wife, Richard Pryor's daughter. Oh All goodness. of these people have their experiences with him in movie making, and so they are woven into the, this documentary. It's wonderful. Christopher and I always talk about when you see documentaries, you can almost tell how good it's going to be by the amount of talking heads they have and special guests like laminating, ruminating, talking about, (laughs) sharing stories about the subject matter. So I'm excited about this. So that's just one of the films. Uh, Highlight another for us. Well, we have um, Farewell, Mr. Hoffman. It is set in, um, in France. It's Paris. And Mr. Hoffman is a gifted, talented jeweler. And he's, he knows uh, that the Nazis are coming and it's becoming a, a difficult place to live. And he sends his family and his children off. Uh, his plan is to follow them, and he was going to have go by train. Dans quelques jours, toi et les enfants, vous partirez. Ensuite, je vous rejoindrai en zone libre. When it was his time to leave, the train uh, passage was not possible. And so he goes back to his store. He, he has an, a talent, a, a employee who's not as talented as he is, and he gives him not only the store to take over, but his apartment and basically his livelihood and winds up living in the basement. And it's the story of having given up his store and the deal that you make Mm. and what happens with that. Oh, wow, that one sounds very interesting as well. How about another one? We should just run down the list and oh, sure. give everyone an idea of what they have to look forward to and what they can choose from. But they could also go to all the films, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you don't Absolutely. have to just choose one. Yes. I think one thing that I think is really cool about the group that curates the film festival is they always want to end on a high note. They always want to end on something uplifting. That's the goal. So every year the last film, the Thursday film, is something funny and and just light. Oh, that's wonderful that they think about the audience in mm-hmm. that way. That mm-hmm. is really comprehensive, actually. Yeah. So this year, that one is matchmaking. Right. So matchmaking is um, about Moti. He's the uh, perfect son. He's bright. He's talented. He's, he's a, a good student. And he's also the perfect catch for some person, some uh, woman. But however, he is uh, orthodox. And the woman that he has to meet has to be Orthodox mm-hmm. and has you know come from certain families, and the movie story starts out looks like speed dating. <laughs> and, um, and is it contemporary a contemporary movie? It is. It is. <laughs> Hello. 
<laughs> what happens is that he, he finds that he, the person that he wants to marry, not the, that's going to be arranged, is somebody he can't have. Mm-hmm. And it is the story of what he does or can't do <laughs> in order to find the perfect person to marry. I can see how that could be very comedic. It is. It is. It's so. It, it is definitely. That's wonderful, um, Julie. Do you? What do you do during the film festival when it's actually running? What's your what, obligations? Are what, you at all the films? Like, um, I yes, I usually go to all the films. Um, I actually am usually usually the person at the table checking people in, um, making sure that all the kind of administrative pieces get done, um, welcoming people, and then. Some of the films I stay and watch, and then I'm one of those people who likes to watch them at home also. So sometimes I'll go home and watch them instead. Nice. So if you're going to the uh, Milwaukee Jewish Film Festival and you're at the check-in table, make sure you say hi to Julie and that you tell her you heard her on the Cinnabons podcast. Okay, so that's three of the five main movies. What else? Well, we are opening with The Path, which is... um, it's sort of a heartwarming movie. It's uh, it, it, this one is, is set. It, it starts out in Mar- uh, Marseille, and the this German journalist is on the run from the Nazis. He had written a, an article that was offensive to them, and they were looking for him. So he's there with his son, who's twelve years old, Roth, Roth, and his uh, and their dog, and they need to get find a way to get out. Uh, and their goal is to get to New York, which, which is where. His wife is already waiting for them. Gut oder böse? Ja, zu den Guten. Warum? Sie sieht nett aus. Außerdem liest sie. Glaube ich auch. Und Sie? Ich sag böse. Da wäre ich mir nicht so sicher. Findet sie da nur hübsch? Gut oder böse? Gut. And he goes to the, uh, through the underground. He was connected with a young girl who's a uh, guide who's going to take them over the Pyrenees to Spain. And at first he's very hesitant because this is a very young girl, but he's guaranteed that this woman, this young girl is going to be able to... He has take, to trust her. Right, and he's going to take them. And it happens to be their path, what happens along the path and what happens to them as they go along. Oh, intriguing. Is yeah. that more kind of an adventure? It's, it's more of an adventure. It, you know, it's, it's got a Holocaust background, mm-hmm. but it is not... It is not actually a Holocaust, and it's beautifully filmed. Mm, I think nice. that's something I've heard Mickey and the co-chairs talk about in the past, about how the Holocaust films you know, have really grown to encompass lots of things that happened during that time period with the Holocaust as the background, and maybe not you know, some of it as the main focus, but like the stories that happened around it, the choices people made during that time. Um, I think it makes for really rich storytelling. Absolutely. There are so many stories within that time that need to be shared. And also, we should never, ever forget about that time. So the more unique films and stories that can be shared about the humanity during that time, Mm -hmm. I think the world is a better place for that. All right. So then movie number five. So uh, it's called Where Life Begins. And I I think that this might not be the best title for this because it's sort of a misnomer about it, um, the story. There are basically two stories. Um, the first story is that there is this um, ultra-Orthodox family that goes every year to the uh, Calabrian uh, part of Italy, where it is to a citrus farm that grows this special citrus, which is used for the Jewish holiday of Sukkot, which is, happens to be coming up soon. Follow, follow the 
Questo secondo me non è cosciente. Infatti, due millimetri di troppo. It's an etrog, for anyone who knows what an etrog is. Oh, <laughs> please um, educate me. What is an etrog? An etrog, it looks like a large lemon, but it is part of the Sukkot holiday where you spend time in the sukkah, which is like a temporary structure. Part of that is you have something that looks like a branch thing. It's called the lulav, and it has three different species to it. And then you also have this etrog, which is a citron fruit, and you use it. It's a harvest festival of sorts, and so you you use those to say a blessing, um, and you kind of shake them, you know, left, right, up, down, north, south, east, west, all those kind of things, and um, and shake them around and say a blessing, and just thinking about how God is everywhere. Beautiful traditions. Yeah. So they this goes to the farm, and and there are very specific um, dimensions and requirements for this citrus to become an etrog. And so that's part of the story. But the other part of the story is this ultra-Orthodox family brings their daughter as part of the group. And she is questioning, uh, beginning to question her life, all the, and how uh, her faith, her community, um, the, the arranged marriage that is coming up. And so part of that is also uh, her journey. There are a lot of themes in this film festival that could be considered mature, but I'm guessing when you pick these films, you are thinking about people being able to bring their families? Or well, is it more of like an adult? This like, is really more of an adult, and the reason is because there's subtitles. That makes sense, too. Yeah, and so <laughs> um, I don't think there's nothing X-rated in any of those. But if it's it's um, you have to be able to want to watch subtitles, right? I think the kids can read, but do they want to read mm-hmm. when they watch movies? That's a really good statement. So um, we're here talking about the Milwaukee Jewish Film Festival coming up in October. Um, how can listeners purchase tickets or learn more about the movies and the festival? Um, so they can go to jccmilwaukee.org/filmfestival. Um, and that will lead you to our online site where you can either purchase tickets to go in person to the films, which are $12 per person, or you can purchase the streaming, um, which is $12 per household. And the streaming obviously happens in the comfort of your own home, but the movies, if you didn't catch it earlier in the podcast, are all at North Shore Cinema. Marcus North Shore Cinema. Marcus North Shore Cinema. What a great partner Marcus has been. They have been amazing. 26 years of supporting us, and we are grateful. And they have the most amazing staff that are at the theater that help us make sure that everything goes perfectly. Yeah, because there's a whole lot of people coming to the theater that usually don't. So having such a wonderful experience, I would hope would make people want to go back to the movies. At the end of our podcast, we always just encourage people to go to a theater and see a movie because I think having that community, being able to sit in a theater with a bunch of people you don't know and laugh or cry or have these wonder experience, wonderful experiences or awakenings together is a part of our community that, you know, as people have streaming, I just, I think it's so valuable. Mm -hmm. So if you can plan on going to see one movie this month, make it out at the Milwaukee Jewish Film Festival. Um, You can see the movies online too. We'll make sure um, jccmilwaukee.org slash film festival for more information. It looks like there's some VIP packages. What does that access provide people? 
Well, the VIPs happen to help us underwrite the movies. Wonderful. And, and in return, since we are uh, we do our own seating, um, it's open seating for everybody except for our VIPs, which we reserve a seat for them. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Well, there might be some community organizations out there that want to get involved in next year's festival. Julie, is there anything about uh, the work that you do at the JCC or the film festival that we didn't touch on yet that you would like to share with our Cinebuds listeners? I think the film festival is just um, such a wonderful piece of everything we do at the JCC. Um, we really serve families, you know, with infants through senior adults in everything from wellness to education to social services. And we really try to be that organization that can touch a family at every point in the life cycle and be there for them and provide a supportive community. That's wonderful. So now that we talked about the festival, I would like to take the last few moments of this podcast. You know, usually we do this thing, what else are you watching? But since we're talking about movies, I might just shift that a little bit. So one of the things I like to get to know about our guests is um, some movie-themed questions. So we'll start with you, Mickey. Do you remember what the first movie was that you saw in a theater? I do. It was The Wizard of Oz. (gasps) And when the witch came with the fire... I was on the floor behind the chair in front of me, (laughs) scared to death. Wow, that's a powerful (laughs) memory. What is the film, theater or otherwise, that you've watched the most in your life? Oh, that's a hard question. Yeah. Yeah, I have to think about that. Um, I Probably one of um, Gene Wilder's movies. Mm. I loved Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, my gosh. Also a film I saw when I was single digit ages, right? That came out in the 70s. I was yeah, single digit. It was so. a little terrifying back then, but I watch it now as an adult and I just it brings me so much joy. Yeah. The, the creepiness as a kid now has just turned into like, he is a comedic genius. <laughs> All right, Julie, what about you? Do you remember the first film you saw in a theater? I don't know if it's the first film I saw in a theater, but the first vivid memory I have was at a drive-in. Yeah. Um, in the back seat, it was a double feature where there was a kids' movie and then an adult movie, and we were supposed to be asleep in the back seat. But I remember peeking over and watching Towering Inferno and being terrified. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, that is hilarious. Do you remember what the kids' movie was? I don't at all, but I remember (laughs) Towering Inferno. (laughs) And then what about, um, you've had a minute to think about this, what's the film you've seen the most in your life? I would say, I mean, it's like broad comedies. There's a lot of them I've seen multiple times. Bridesmaids, Anchorman. (laughs) (laughs) When you just need a laugh. Yes. Oh, I love that. The ones you can just quote as they go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, those are great answers. Um. Wizard of Oz is probably the film I've seen the most in my life, Mickey, so yeah. I can relate to that. It was, I would love to see it in a theater. In fact, I think, do they ever play it to get like old reels and play it in a theater? If anyone knows if that's happening, I will drive up to three hours, maybe four, to go see that in a theater. <laughs> but I grew up yeah. watching it with my grandma and my mom, and it just became part of my childhood and now my adulthood, too. Yes, it was my, it was it was my my introduction to movies. Oh my gosh, yeah! I think my first film in a theater that I remember was Snow White, and it also might have been at a drive-through and uh, or drive-in, I should say, not drive-through. <laughs> and it also terrified me as a little kid too, because you know 
witches are scary when you're right. little. I think those are the movies you remember from childhood, the ones that scared you. Right, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. And then what about you, Mickey? Like when you just want to unplug and, and laugh, do you have a favorite a favorite comedy that you turn to? Trying to think that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I know. I'm I just can. asking you yeah. these last minute yeah. questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when we go into record shops and we know what music we want to buy and then you have an opportunity to buy anything you want and you just stand there. What what should I pick? <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you both for coming down. Is there anything else before we end the podcast today that we didn't talk about that you want to mention? No, we hope that uh, that people will come and join us at uh, the North Shore Theater when we are open on October 15th. Wonderful. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. We would also like to thank our producer, Kim Shine. We've got a theme song for the Cinebuds podcast that a local artist, Nooski, did. So we'd like to thank him for that. We also have two sponsors of Cinebuds. Uh, we'd like to give our big thanks to Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, Eye Care and Eyewear for their support. And we truly couldn't do the Cinebuds podcast without our members. So thank you to members of Milwaukee Film and also Radio Milwaukee. And today we would like to thank our great community partners and friends at the JCC, Julie and Mickey. Thank you for coming down today. Thank you so much for having us. And the last thing we always say is go out and do what? I think you guys should both say it. Go see a movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 